It seems like it was only a few years ago that we dreamt of being able to regrow and regenerate cells. We thought growing organs and cells and turning back the time within the body was far from being a possibility. And look at us now. Within the last 15 years, the field of regenerative medicine has brought so much hope to medicine, so much healing, and so many transformations beyond our wildest dreams. It has brought the concept of rebirth, regrowth, regeneration, and turning back the clock into reality. Through research and clinical anecdotals, we have witnessed the restoration of hair in those with hair loss, the regeneration of neurons in neurodegenerative diseases, the tightening and healing of skin, the healing of injured joints, the healing of leukemia in some, and the slowing of aging in many, and so much more. I believe regenerative medicine is the most sophisticated and yet the most simple specialty of medicine that currently exists. Advances are being made in research in regenerative medicine that has the potential to transform lives, and yet it involves the simplicity of a single cell, the single cells of life called stem cells and their communication signals. If we are searching for transformations, whether that be a transformation in our general health, wellness and anti-aging, or whether it be in aesthetics, or perhaps we are looking for a shift in chronic diseases, neurological diseases, injuries, and perhaps even in cancers. I believe the answers we are looking for lies in the scientific advancements of regenerative medicine. It is the medicine I have been practicing since before the term regenerative medicine was born. It has been my passion for the past 26 years as I continually search for the most advanced therapeutics to support the body's innate healing wisdom. You are listening to Dr. Nusheen Darvish as your host today on Holistic Health Hour. My guest today, Dr. Paymon Tayidi Arion, who earned his PhD in biological science and public health from Walden University, explains to us the science behind stem cells, exosomes, and regenerative medicine. Dr. Paymon currently is the chief scientific officer for a US-based biotechnology company where he continues to pursue his passion in advancing the research on regenerative medicine. As a reminder, Holistic Health Hour podcast episodes are for educational and informational purposes only and are not intended to provide any claims or diagnosis nor recommended any treatments. Please seek the advice of your own healthcare provider or consult one of our physicians at holistique.com, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com. Welcome, Dr. Paymon. I am so glad and thrilled to have you today on Holistic Health Hour to discuss and have this conversation about regenerative medicine, stem cells, exosomes, basically what you know, if you can download what you know in your head about all of this stuff into my head and everyone out there, I will be so, so grateful. So let's, let's begin with having you share a little bit about your story. Uh, well, thank you so much, Dr. Darwish, for having me um, here today. And uh, as a this person, I'm doing this 
and I hope uh, I will be able to uh, do it well for your audiences and um, you know uh, basically educate them a little bit more about um, you know as you mentioned uh, regenerative medicine stem cells and uh, and exosomes or extracellular vesicles. I actually um, you know been in this uh, market and in this field. Um, for almost last 10 years, I was working first with the pancreatic islets, and then I moved to, uh, you know, working throughout the, uh, you know, my career, you know, working in bone marrow and uh, adipose regenerative cells, we call it ADRC cells, uh, or adipose-driven regenerative cells. And, uh, um, you know, throughout these years that I was working on uh, um, autologous-based uh, you know, stem cells, um, I found out that there is, a, you know, potential definitely for, uh, you know, allogenic uh, the products or allogenic technology. I started to work on uh, uh, the birth tissue driven, uh, basically cells. Port blood stem cells are, um, we call it zomatic cells, you know. So, it's, so these, these are, these type of cells, they are limited to be, uh, you know, dif basically differentiated. Uh, embryonic stem cells, basically, you can um, regrow a tissue, you know, regrow an organ with that, you know. But with the uh, basically cord blood, which is, uh, um, there are multiple studies suggest that they have a limited, uh, basically, there's a limited factors when it comes to, you know, how they can be um, uh, differentiated. So, um, and usually, you know, um, the stem cells that is, you know, uh, with the cord blood or cord tissues, um, they have been used for um, adipogenesis, chondrogenesis, and osteogenesis, which is uh, basically for making, uh, for, for uh, regenerating uh, damaged tissue or regenerating the neurons. One of the important things also about the, um, basically um, birth tissue driven cells is that um, about their HLA mesh. So um, when it, you know, when we're talking about the bone marrow or adipose, um, definitely HLA match or blood type match is necessary, you know, uh, because we're talking about the adult cells, but cord blood and cord tissue cells are very naive cells and they um, tend to be uh, basically, um, as far as the classification of HLAs, <clears throat> they are basically in the class that calls uh, like HLA B7, BG, you know, which is uh, a classification for HLAs that, um, you know, um, that cord blood has, but um, it's very important how um, it gets processed, you know, uh, and purified, you know. So there is a process that you will uh, remove the um, basically, um, RBCs or uh, nucleated RBCs, erythrocytes, you know, and, uh, um, you know, antigens and antibodies that it can cause the issue uh, for GVHD, graft-versus-host disease. Cord blood, you know, there are, there's a hematopoietic mesochymal and monocytes and T-cells, B-cells and NK-cells, and mostly in cord tissue there are um, mesochymal stem cells and um, basically epithelial cells and endothelial cells. So 
Um, so it's different, you know, the MSCs, the mesochromal stem cells that we have in core tissue or even Barton jelly. Barton jelly is inside basically a jelly part of the core tissue. It has a different MSCs. Like for example, there was a study came out that suggested that, um, you know, it, it compares the mesochromal stem cells in cord blood uh, with the cord tissue with the Wharton jelly and there are three different types of MSCs in there. So, um, so it's very fascinating. We are learning a lot about this, this particular source by doing the flow cytometry and other type of assays, you know. Uh, again, about the HLA part of it, I mean, why we don't, you know, there is basically, the, one of the question was basically regarding the, uh, uh, we talked about GVHD graft versus host disease. So um, this cord blood and cord tissue offers several unique advantages as a, you know, graft source for hematopoietic <clears throat> or mesochromal stem cell transplantation. You know, there's a multiple studies on that. And, uh, um, and now they're seeing that it relates to, it can be related to the uh, NK cells maybe in, in, in the cord blood. Uh, so the risk of relapse and graft versus host after the cord blood transplantation is, is lower than what is typically observed, you know, uh, after other graft sources with, uh, you know, similar degree of HLA or human leukocyte antigen mismatch. Um, so natural clearance has definitely a well-defined role um, for this immunity. And one of the important things also about the birth tissue-driven uh, cells that is, uh, they are, they call them uh, immune privileged, you know. So immune privilege, uh, it means that um, the white blood cells um, in this type of tissues, like again, uh, basically umbilical cord, um, they are basically um, naive. They are very naive. Uh, you know, they're not nine months old. And um, so, and uh, basically uh, it will reduce the graft versus host disease. Um, and, and that's one of the important things about the benefits of the, uh, you know, stem cells coming from umbilical, you know, umbilical cord. And uh, that's what makes it the scientists to work more on that. And that's what makes me to move on from the autologous source to more allergenic sources, you know, um, like birth tissue cells. And uh, I think I see a great future for it, you know, and definitely that is something that I'm um, doing more research and studies to learn more about the other type of cells in cord, you know, cord blood and cord tissue, because as I said, that beside the hematopoietic and mesochromal stem cells, which is clinically very important for clinicians, there are other type of cells as well in cord blood, like the NK cells, what is the natural clear cells can do? NK cells can be great for uh, cancer therapies, you know, and, and uh, so again, we have that already in court. So there's a lots of benefits into it. We just have to do more research. And uh, um, currently there are many um, clinical trials, there are ongoing clinical trials about, you know, utilizing court blood for, you know, uh, treatment of the neurological disorders. They're, they're all um, FDA approved clinical trials. The only um, stem cell therapy that is been approved by FDA um, uh, was actually a cord blood 
stem cell, cord blood cells, uh, you know, for uh, treating uh, leukemia, cancer. So as we can see that uh, we now know that there's a lot of, lots of advantages about this type, this source of the stem cells. Um, we just need to know that, you know, um, one thing that I think scientists that they're working on it, that we know that cord blood and cord tissue works, but how they work, you know, why they work. So that's, that's, a, that's a, you know, million dollars question that basically these scientists trying to find out that, you know, by doing the multiple different type of assays to understand the, um, basically the functionality of, uh, of these type of stem cells. What about um, the difference between the cord blood uh, stem cells, the amniotic fluid and the placenta? Because you hear a lot about those three and I know people out there have questions about which one of those um, is the best. Now you mentioned cord blood being the most researched, but what about the companies out there that do provide um, cells from the amniotic fluid, the placenta as well? Mm -hmm. What's your take on that? Absolutely. Um, so I'm not, I mean, personally, I'm not a big fan of amniotic fluid to start with, you know, and I tell you why. Um, there, there, there are multiple researchers, actually, there was one studies from uh, University of Colorado that um, they did a, a good study in amniotic fluid and about the, you know, we talked about the, some people wrongly, they said amniotic fluid stem cell. There is no to non-stem cell in amniotic fluid. Let's be, you know, clear about that. You know, uh, there are multiple, unfortunately, again, um, there's some beauty to the stem cell field, but there's another dark side of it, which is people intend to claim multiple things that is not real. So that's why you have to make sure that you always educate yourself uh, about these things. And I mean, in that study is actually, they're finding very limited to non-stem cell in amniotic fluid. Amniotic fluid is a big source of, actually, uh, it's a major source of, um, basically uh, growth factors, or we call it cytokines. Um, however, amniotic fluid, uh, we have to think about it that, um, you know, there is a high risk of contamination with amniotic fluid, you know, um, because one of the things that is very important uh, for um, any type of transplantation, you know, any type of basically therapies uh, now and in future, it would be uh, contaminations. You know, we have to make sure that, you know, that, uh, you know, that that's taken into the consideration. That's why there's a lot of testing involved with the cord blood and cord tissue cells, uh, you know, um, you know, for clinical trials, you know, they, they actually uh, do a lot of serological testing and, you know, uh, any diseases, you know, multiple diseases and, um, and also anaerobic and anaerobic bacteria you know, and other type of testings, bio burden. So, uh, but for amniotic, that's one of the things I can tell you when you compare with the cord blood and cord tissue cells, which you already have, you know, for example, one of the studies that we've done with the University of California, San Francisco, that um, the exosome, again, that leads me to the different uh, topics, which is the extracellular vesicles uh, or exosomes. And, um, 
there is a many basic there's a there's a already uh you know 54 different types of cytokines and growth factors in um cord blood plasma just by itself you know so we can so so this that's the beauty of the um umbilical cord you know in general that uh, you know we have the regenerative, regenerative cells already in there, which is we talk about it, hematopoietic, you know, uh, you know, HSCs and MSCs and you know other type of cells. And on top of that, we have all the cytokines that we need. And there is a technology that we can talk about it later today or next time that is uh, called extracellular vesicles, which is uh, you know they are they're basically particles that um, you know, that is involved for cell communications, and there's a technology to isolate those uh, extracellular vesicles. And these extracellular vesicles, basically, um, they are formally known as exosome, are small vesicles ranging from 30 to 120 nanometer in size that are basically nearly found in the you know, plasma or you know, in, in cord tissue, cord blood. Uh, and facilitate the range of all type of cellular function. So again, you see that there is a, all everything that we need it for, for when it comes to the regenerative medicine, it's already found in there. So that's why I'm not really big fan of amniotic fluid, if you personally ask me. And uh, for placenta cells, um, you know, placenta, again, they have different type of MSCs um, compared to the cord. You know, again, that in same studies, that uh, they were comparing the MSCs between cord blood, cord tissue, wart and jellies. They also did a study in placenta. And um, for placenta cells, um, again, there is, um, not sure, but again, there, there are some um, ethical concern with that. So when we are looking for, um, you know, optimum cells, uh, stem mm -hmm. cells, exosomes mm -hmm. and so forth, Mm -hmm. um, MSCs and so forth. Uh, are we looking for these cells that have been derived mainly from the cord blood or the cord tissue, or or are there products out there that combine both? So it's very important to know the source of it. One of the things that has been done is uh, a cultured um, cells. You know um, that they're intended to uh, basically isolate the extracellular vesicles from the cultured, uh, you know, wart and jelly or umbilical cord tissue cells. Each one is used for a different type of indications. You know, there are multiple clinical uh, studies that, um, that they utilize cord blood for neurological disorders um, or any type of hematopoietic system uh, disorders. Like, uh, again, we mentioned about leukemia. You know, why? Because Cord blood, you know, is a major source of major source of hematopoietic stem cells. And hematopoietic stem cells, the blood forming stem cells, which is, um, you know, uh, helps to generate a new, uh, uh, you know, blood cells. You know, and so that's so it depends what you're talking about, what what indication we're talking about. You know, cord tissue cells again is a major source of the MSCs. You know, mesenchymal stem cells, which is talked about. Uh, uh, you know, adipogenesis, chondrogenesis, and autogenesis, which is, you know, uh, generating, an, you know, uh, basically 
tissue or you know repair the tissue or they're intended to repair the tissue uh, and uh, uh, damaged tissues and uh, basically or bones you know so but the thing is um, again each one their in own categories must be studied you know and uh, and there's a lot of research on on the way to um, basically uh, understand the uh, cord blood and cord tissue, but again, the, the, the clinical studies that we are seeing, like for, you know, again, for cord blood, it's very fascinating, like uh, um, for Parkinson's, you know, or autism's, or, you know, um, multiple neurological disorder, multiple blood, you know, um, you know, blood disorder or autoimmune disease. So, so again, according to the data and what we see, you know, in from clinical trials, you know, definitely, uh, it suggests that um, cord blood is uh, a, a, a basically a trustworthy source for um, anything that relates to uh, uh, basically blood or neurological disorders. You hear a lot about adipose tissue. Mm -hmm. uh, especially from the, the pe person <clears throat> themselves or the bone mm -hmm. and the stem cells from those. Uh, so how do those compare to the cord um, tissue and blood? Sure. sure. Adipose and bone marrow cells, like I mentioned about the ADRC cells. So uh, first of all, they're autologous. You know, it has to come from the uh, same person, um, you know, um, so it has to be HLA match, it has to be blood type match. So that's the one thing that, uh, again, that will limit that, uh, that type of therapies. Um, and uh, basically another part of it is basically the adult stem cells, because as we all know that um, as we are aging, our cells are aging. I mean, no one can uh, deny that. I mean, again, some, I know that in other part of the, you know, other side of the aisle, you know, they're gonna say, uh, you know, maybe they agree or disagree, but again, uh, it, 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 that's probably, uh, you know, that's what probably science suggests that, you know, as we are aging, our cells are aging, I mean, uh, our, you know, the inflation, our body will, you know, uh, inflammation in our body will go up and et cetera. But uh, the thing is, um, so um, that's why one, one of the difference between the adipose or bone marrow is, uh, you know, compared to the cord blood, the cord blood is big because again there are um, in case of the for regeneration you know when we talk about it you're talking about the younger cells you know, compared to the more uh, um, you know aged or adult cells um, they tend to be uh, more basically uh, they tend to be better for uh, the case of the um, in the case of the uh, you know uh, stem cell therapies and the clinical trials that is going ongoing. And also, um, you know, as far as the HLA part of it, again, we talked about a little bit about the HLA uh, mismatch, you know, uh, which is uh, cord blood and cord tissue cells. They've been using for allergenic uh, purposes in the clinical trials. And so far, you know, there's a study in Duke University that they're utilizing cord blood for, um, you know, for uh, autisms, you know, um, treating autisms and, you know, they tend to have a really great data coming out and um, 
So that suggests that, okay, you know, you don't need to have the, you know, perfect HLA match, you know, you know, like adipose or bone marrow. So that's, that's one of the great advantages. And we talk about also about the adult cells versus the younger cells, you know, which is the younger cells. Um, of course, you know, when we compare to that, you know, uh, the younger cells have a higher potency <clears throat> compared so, to, uh, you know, bone marrow cells. So when uh, somebody's coming in and they're concerned about their um, arthritis or osteoarthritis degeneration in the knee, or they want a skin rejuvenation, you would recommend, I'm hearing that you would probably recommend to do the cord tissue cells versus the bone marrow or the person's own adipose tissue. Is that correct? Is that what well, I'm hearing from you? Well, I mean, first of all, I cannot recommend anything, you know, <laughs> because uh, the science is ongoing. You know, again, we are still doing a yeah. lot of good researches about that. So let's be clear that um, I cannot recommend any type of, you know, again, I'm just looking at the data, looking at the scientific uh, evidence data that we have and clinical studies, you know, uh, you're seeing that uh, these source of the stem cell being used for multiple, multiple indications. Again, I can tell you the science behind it. Uh, you know, we talk about the MSCs, um, you know, uh, basically umbilical cord MSCs phenotype. And we talk about the uh, umbilical cord blood HSCs, you know, and the other type of cells. So, <clears throat> so those are the things that we need to understand, the science behind these cells. Um, and, uh, but as far as when it comes to, you know, uh, clinical benefits to that, there's, of course, you know, we need to, um, you know, do our own research and, we, and there are, uh, you know, again, and do that, you know, basically more um, analysis to find out which one is you want to, you know, which one you want to use. Of course, none of this product, we know that is not FDA approved, you know, um, basically they're all more, uh, you know, experimental. There's nothing guaranteed with anything. Of course, we know that in medical field, you know, even with FDA approved drugs, you know. The research out there mm -hmm. um, so far, what kind of clinical conditions is it um, covering um, or being researched? You mentioned autism, you mentioned neurological diseases, Parkinson's, um, what other conditions are being researched? Um, we talk about autism, Parkinson, you know, uh, uh, Roma arthritis, um, you know, um, you know, uh, talk about the other type of neurological disorders or CNS repair, you know, central nervous system repair, you know, so there's a multiple clinical trial, you know, and studies going on. And on, on when it comes to the cord blood and cord tissue cells, you know, uh, for MSCs, you're know, probably for cord tissues, um, also, you know, um, uh, basically OAs, you know, cases. Um, so, um, and also for researchers too, you know, again, that, that same website also, it has a great, you know, registry for researchers, what researchers is going on, what researchers is working on, you know, um, right now on these type of cells. So it's a very uh, trustworthy, uh, uh, basically source 
to find out because again as i told you that like any type of tech, new technologies <clears throat> that we are talking about there's a both sides you know there's a lots of <clears throat> you know misinformation and there is a there's and then there is a truth truth and there's there 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 you know scientifically based data so it's better to we know that what is the source of the our information so. exactly thank you thank you for that Absolutely. So, you know, you mentioned earlier this whole ethical practice of stem cells, and um, I'm a big proponent of this principle of harmony between science and spirituality. In other words, you know, say um, practicing medicine in a way that's ethical and uh, not placing people or babies in this case, mothers at risk for the cause of science. So, sure. How are these uh, cells typically collected and um, how are they process in order to be in compliance with this principle of harmony between science and spirituality? Absolutely. I am actually with you on that. I'm absolutely, that's one of the definitely uh, reasons that I switch my research, you know, from adipose and bone marrow to uh, birth tissue driven cells because of the one of the reason was that because you know first of all it's non-invasive you know again even the the, the patients you know again uh, the bone marrow process it, it's very painful under the recovery time you know and and you're not dealing with that you know when it comes to uh, this type of this type of source of cells on top of that um the cord blood and cord tissue cells you know it has to come from the consented mom you know, so the mom consent that that you know they're okay to um, you know have the uh, their baby's cord blood and cord tissue to be used um, for the research or for any clinical studies. And one of the things that is important that is, is completely voluntarily you know process. There is no any you know the, the baby or uh, mom doesn't go through any pain you know because. Um, when baby born this is after baby baby born so the new baby infants you know basically they have to cut the cord anyway so there so there is no any extra process what i'm trying to say goes in the hospital for this so so you can assure that the safety of these cells so you know i know patients people out there are always concerned about how are these tested or are they even tested for various infections, viruses, and now COVID to make sure that these cells are not sure. passed on to the, to the patient? Sure, absolutely. That is very important when it comes to the allergenic uh, products. Um, you know, in any studies uh, that I've been seeing, again, um, in, in that uh, government website that I mentioned, um, any people that are working in this type of cells, we have to make sure that they get tested for um, basically uh, certain diseases. You know, FDA has, um, you know, in their website for human and tissue uh, cell-based, they, they have, they call it HCRPs. You know, um, they, they do have a, a basically a list of diseases that to be tested, you know, HIV, HDLV, you know, uh, you know, FB, Hep C, but again, there are um, organizations that they go above and beyond that. 
you know, and uh, they, they test for more diseases like Lyme, Chagas, you know, um, you know, basically any type of even uh, looking at the genetic disorders, any, you know, if there is any uh, Down syndrome in the family. So, so one of the things that is important about the, when it comes to the umbilical cord blood and cord tissue cells is the donor eligibility part of it, because not all donors are eligible for, you know, um, for cell purifications and to be utilized for these research and clinical studies, you know. Um, so they look at the donor history. They look at the, you know, serological reports. Um, you know, we need to look at the uh, uh, anaerobic anaerobic bacteria testing, fungus, bioburden, endotoxicity, uh, mycoplasma. You know, so there are multiple, <clears throat> basically, criteria. So it's not as easy as, you know, we think it is, you know, so there are multiple uh, categories that needs to be looked into it um, in order to make sure that the, basically um, the, the, the therapy or the, the product is okay and available to be utilized in a clinical study. Thank you. Yes, definitely. Education is the key that really releases the gems within our minds um, and helps us progress in a very sophisticated and yet spiritual manner. So thank you so much for sharing with us, Dr. Paymon, your incredible knowledge and wisdom and for educating us on the science of stem cells, exosomes, MSCs, and the list goes on. I look really forward to having you again and learning more about these stem cells. We do offer these at Holistique, and um, I'm so excited to have found you to be able to learn more from you and expand my own knowledge as I help patients um, become healthier and healthier. I am so grateful to you listeners for joining us today on Holistic Health Hour. Holistic Health Hour is a community service project sponsored by Holistic Naturopathic Medical Center here in Bellevue, Washington. We have made previous podcasts and blogs related to various topics on integrative health and medicine available on drdarvish.com. That's D-R-D-A-R-V-I-S-H.com. To learn more about medical and well-being services offered at Holistique, please visit holistique.com, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com. In honor of your health, this is Dr. Darvish signing off. Until next time.